You're listening to Distilling Theology. I'm Blake. And I'm Justin. This is a new podcast combining discussions of theology and distilled spirits. And dad jokes. Amen. What's wrong with you people? You're not David. I don't know why you're clapping. I'm talking about you. Fatality. You know... Starting a podcast about theology and distilled spirits is whiskey business. <laughs> I said that with a straight face. This is Distilling Theology. Welcome to this week's episode of Distilling Theology. As we mentioned last week, this is actually going to be part two of our conversation about worship with Les Lanfear of the Reform Pubcast the director of the film Spirit and Truth, part one or episode 9A was released back in December and we've been meaning to get this out. We just kind of lost track of time. So here it is, episode 9B. We're picking up right where we left off. Stay tuned to the end of the episode. We've got some exciting announcements regarding our live episode, our giveaway, and some other very, very cool things. You won't want to miss it. So with that said, here is part two of our conversation about worship with Les Lanfear. What were some of the biggest challenges that you had to overcome in this film? Well, so like I said, what you end up with at the end of the day when you follow this principle is worship that isn't overly exciting or entertaining. (laughs) So the challenge, I think, from beginning to end was trying to make a movie that is entertaining (laughs) and exciting to watch (laughs) about a subject that is purposefully not entertaining or exciting. So that was the challenge. And we, you know, whether or not I succeeded at that, I think at the end of the day, the information is, you know, content is King. And Mm -hmm. I want the, the message to get across. And I just, you know, I just used what I know and what I, what I thought would be interesting to, uh, to explain it. And uh, I, I think I did an okay job of, of yeah. keeping people's attention, hopefully. I was my attention for so. sure, yeah. yeah. Awesome. So awesome. How's, this, how's this lifestyle with your family? I, I noticed you, you said you had a kid and uh, I have four. married, so I have four impressive. Kids. So what's that like balancing Thanks. your home life with doing something like this? Well, I mean, I travel to go to, to interview people, but I, you know, I work right here in my house. I have an office all set up for editing. So, I mean, it's actually really good, and it's another one of those things where I, I kick myself when I'm done that I wish I would have taken more advantage of that. Like, you know, it's, it's like, nah, daddy's got to work, so I'm, like, up here all the time. And, but, you know, there's a lot, of, a lot of time I probably could have been spending more time with the kids, and the fact that I'm home and I have that ability, you know, I think sure. everybody always struggles with that when they work from home. Like, how much should I be hanging out with my kids? But, no, it's been, it's been an incredible blessing, you know. I try to wrap up at a decent time. So I'm not just working 24 seven towards the end there. It did get, it, it gets a little hectic cause you got like a yeah. deadline to meet. And, oh yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> it's been, it's been very good. And if obviously it's at most people's dream to be able to work from home. So yeah, it's a huge blessing. That's great. Awesome. Did you learn anything in the interview process as you were getting stuff from people that you didn't already know because obviously it's a topic you're passionate about i was actually just listening to the episode where you announced uh the project before the kickstarter launched and it's clear it's something you're passionate about and and care very deeply about but were there things along the process when you were interviewing or when you were editing that 
that you were learning about the regulative principle or, uh, or I guess the non-regulative stuff that we're seeing and, and how those intertwine or the history. Yeah. Yeah. I learned, I definitely learned some stuff. I think what I learned more than anything is sort of the variety of takes that people have on some of this stuff. Mm. And even, uh, like there's certain denominations that they're all Presbyterian denominations. Uh, most, most of the ones that are hardcore <laughs> about this stuff. I mean, actually, there probably are some Reformed Baptists that are that are pretty hardcore about it. I don't know if there'd be a de- denomination around it, but I saw Joe Thorne on there, Baptist. Right? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Baptists don't uh, don't practice it, but there, there's some pres, some specifically Presbyterian denominations that are like, so they're exclusive psalmody. Yeah. So they only sing psalms. They no instrumentation. They consider all that to be sinful, or you know, the, at least prohibited. And oh, head coverings and all that. And actually, one of the churches that I featured in the the movie practiced all of those things. And it was in a like a the ghetto of of a major city. So it was very interesting. So, but that is one of the things that I appreciated the most is it's actually those guys, and those guys get you know bad things said about them because they're too strict and you know all that stuff. Sure. But sure, they are definitely the ones that are the most sure of how to define uh, what they're saying mm. um, because they just, they just have answers that are like very much straightforward. Like what should we sing Psalms? Like, you know, there's no, there's no, <laughs> nothing, nothing to debate. There's nothing to figure out. Whereas, you know, you ask most guys and they're like, we should sing Psalms, hymns, spiritual songs. Um, the, the, the character of the hymn should be like a Psalm and, we should, you know, do so. There's all this description about what a hymn looks like, and at the end of the day, there's you still have sort of the issue of like it's still kind of subjective what exactly makes up a good hymn, mm. and so yeah, it's up to the discernment of elders. And I'm I'm not I'm not promoting exclusive psalmody. I don't in the movie, and I, I'm personally am not either. But it was just little nuances like that that I sort of was surprised by at first, and then I kind of caught the lingo and. I started to understand like, so I, I'd go into an interview with someone that I hadn't met before and I knew the denomination they were a part of. So I knew exactly where they were coming from without having to, you know, know who they were and, and all that. So that was interesting. It's all, it's always yeah. interesting to learn the dynamics and the politics of the, the church. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Blake is our, um, our duo closet Presbyterian. Are you sure about that? Closet? <laughs> he's, he's like, he's like, 90% of the way there. Um, what exactly? So, wait, 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 wait. This is very interesting. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to crack another LaCroix for this. <laughs> oh, no. I knew this was uh, I'm so nah, glad not, this up. Not really. I, I don't really need to get into it. But so what do you mean you're 90% there? <clears throat> well, that's Justin's Justin's words, not mine. Okay. Um, I mean, I'm currently not attending a Presbyterian church or a member of a Presbyterian church. But as I have studied... You know, because I, I kind of came into this like a lot of the, uh, unfortunately, like a lot of the young restless reform crowd of like, ooh, tulip, five points. And and then I was like, oh, wait, there's a lot more. And like that soteriology really only makes sense within a confessional context. And then I started reading the confessions that I just tend to agree more with the Westminster than the 1689. Sorry, Justin. So on, it's, it's on baptism. I mean, that's the, the really, so the still, so here's, here's the thing about the baptism. I can explain covenant theology, pedo baptism, like not, not the best person in the world, but I understand it pretty, pretty well. I think 
Yeah. And I definitely see the case for it in clarity. And I'm like, yep, that makes a lot of sense. I'm also a single dude. So in the immediate context, it doesn't have any uh, direct implications for me, which is probably why I haven't like gone and weighed it all out. But it's one of those things where like I've, I flipped sides fairly early on where I was like, no, wait, you guys can't keep saying you're inconsistent if you don't do pedo communion. Cause that doesn't make sense because there's a distinction in, in covenant. And so yeah. it, it's kind of a funky, it's kind of a, and also I tend to, I tend to appreciate the structure of Presbyterian ecclesiology. Uh, now we're getting yeah. really nerdy, but you know, that's kind of, <laughs> and, and Justin just loves to, uh, to haggle me about it every chance he gets as a hardcore 1689 London Baptist. <laughs> Wait, so, 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 are, so are you or are you so are you on board with infant baptism or are you not sure so i will <laughs> just it got really close to the mic <laughs> i i don't want to pressure you into answering no, if no, you don't no, want no, to no. This oh, is, oh this pressure is pressure him <laughs> <laughs> so i as i've seen it and and read and studied and listened to debates again it's not something that i've formed a really strong opinion so it's not a hill i'm gonna die on one way or another yeah but i definitely see the biblical case for it particularly in a covenant like in that covenant theology context which makes the most sense of the data that makes sense to me and i don't see a, a spot where like the lord said to stop giving the sign of the covenant to your children like i just don't see yeah. that so okay. um but there was a long period so so i guess i'm in flux that's why okay. i because i and the reason i don't come down too hard on anything is because i don't want to uh just jump right in like i want to devote a little specific study to it but as of yet i haven't uh devoted a specific study it's more been peripheral in the study of covenant theology more broadly but then i'm sure. like oh yeah there it is again oh there it is again yeah yeah i hear you I've so been what, there. but i know you you went you went through that whole uh like you kind of covered the whole spectrum and most of that was while you were doing the show right like kind of going well we you mean well i, I switched yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if there was much of a spectrum. It was more. Well, of a well I meant on thing. a couple of topics, like you, not, not <laughs> oh, just yeah, baptism, yeah, yeah. but like you kind of went along this this arc, which oh, is. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm I'm feeling a little bit of that journey too, where I'm like, oh wait, now I'm going, you know, like normative principle towards leaning towards regulative, and like you, there's just sort of this progression that seems to happen uh, the more you study this stuff. Yeah, yeah. As long as you're surrounding yourself with the the right kind of people, I guess, because sure. lots of people study theology and end up in bad places unfortunately that's true but yeah yeah uh tanner and i started the show as we would say 1689 federalists probably became stronger in the federalism uh a little bit as we progressed and then it was episode 96 i believe the episode title is the one where less becomes a presbyterian (laughs) and tanner was still very much not and uh so the whole episode was the two of us debating as a, a fresh presbyterian versus uh reformed baptist and the whole the entire episode is just a baptism debate between friends who are who <laughs> the one friend cannot believe his other friend just became a presbyterian um <laughs> and then 2 months later tanner is a presbyterian so yeah. <laughs> it didn't take long yeah, yeah this is this is going to be that um this show's going to be kind of the antithesis where uh-huh uh, I'm gonna slowly draw Blake. <laughs> yeah. Except, I'm, except I already started from a Baptist standpoint. So yeah, he's gotta bring it back. <laughs> so like you're, you're, you're I, I saw uh, when we had Nick on a couple of weeks ago. Nick from Reform Pilgrims. He was talking about, or no, it was when we were on his show. He was talking about arguments and 
I said, yeah, I noticed you're always jumping these threads. He's like, look, I just like to refute bad arguments. And it just so happens that Baptists have more bad arguments than Presbyterians. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, his words, not mine. Oh. That, was, that was a fun show. <laughs> that was, yeah. So uh, you, you brought up that, that uh, Presbyterian issue. What was, the, what was the reason behind that? Oh, I, j- I just wanted to see what would happen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been ragging on me for, for quite a while about it, which is, which is pretty funny. Uh, but I appreciate it. I've and, and interesting again with the timing of the project because over the last couple of months I've been visiting different friends when I've been traveling, so I got to go to a PCA church uh, and an OPC church and got to experience like hymnals and psalters and the congregational singing that in my broadly evangelical context I really hadn't experienced much of. Um, I definitely was like all the th- basically all the things you went through. I have either experienced or participated in in the film as you're showing all these different styles i'm like oh yeah i remember that i remember thinking that was weird we're thinking like that doesn't make sense um like i went to this one pentecostal thing and i remember just like i was so uncomfortable in the back of the room like even from kind of a broadly evangelical circle I'm like why are people like laying on the ground and what's happening like i'm really confused and the flags really get me the people in the back when they're running around with flags that's yeah. always fun and yeah, it's just yeah. kind of the, the wildness of it. So it's, and then to go from that to, especially the, the OPC church where everybody's kind of more stoic or like you're saying, it's not, it's intentionally not like exciting because it's about the God that we worship. It's not about what I want. Like, That's right. which is such a, it seems so simple when you say it that way. But at the same time, it, it's such a hurdle for so many people. And it seems like a stumbling block for many folks because they're like, well, which I guess is just our maturity as we're growing in one sense of, well, I'm, but surely God wants this or they'll pull. Yeah. Uh, the, one, the one that I saw is like, you're, uh, you know, sing with the dance. And it's like, well, yeah, but what else is going on in that, yeah, in that particular passage? Right. Like, spoiler, <laughs> we're like spoiling the entire movie here, but you it's guys okay. should definitely all go, <laughs> go look up Spirit and Truth and watch the heck out of it and get some thoughts because this definitely like I found it even even as I'm shifting in this direction and growing I still found it convicting and seeing mm-hmm. things that like wow I didn't think of that before and I loved I don't remember if it was in the narration or in one of the interviews but it was something to the effect that this is like the beauty of Christian New Testament worship is its simplicity because it can go to any context in any culture. It's not saying you need all these ornaments or you need all this emotional specific experience that's kind of catered to a culture. It's like it's it's a person reading an ancient book and we're singing old songs um, mm-hmm. in unison and declaring these truths to each other. And it's prayer and it's taking, you know, wine and bread like it. it it's really, really simple. And there's a beauty in how transmissible that is. And I thought, yeah, like that was, that blew my mind. Like when that came across in the film, I was like, Whoa, like nice. there it is. <laughs> yeah. That's well, beautiful. One of the things that I thought about as I was thinking about it is there's almost a reflection in the way that we worship in the same, a reflection of almost like our salvation. We come to salvation with nothing. We have nothing to bring. We have nothing to offer. And so when we worship, we shouldn't have to bring anything. <laughs> Ultimately, you know, we worship God very simply with, we don't need fancy instruments and smoke machines and yeah. all that stuff. You know, we, we bring just the bare bones. Um, you know, here we are, 
let's worship. You know, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to be anywhere specific or, um, it's just really cool. Yeah. And that's the, like the, um, towards the end, I bring up the, the dialogical principle and that's, I mean, that's the whole, that's what reformed worship is all about. That's what biblical worship was always Mm -hmm. about is a conversation between God and his people. And he's, you know, we, we've, it's, it's either this, like, like I said before, this mystical experience where it's like, it's just confusion, but there's some sort of order to it. So it feels very religious and, but you don't, you know, like you might as well be doing it in Latin, uh, like the Roman Catholics were, because <laughs> yeah. there's there's really no substance to it. You're just like Neil. Okay, now we do this thing. Now we do this prayer, but there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, or it's just a show to get your emotions pumping. Whereas what we're supposed to be doing is like very meaningful. Like like God gives us His law, and so this is what God wants from me. I can rejoice in that, and that, but it also convicts me of my sin. So my response is to confess my sin. And so now the congregation has a time of, uh, conf- you know, confession of sin, and then God responds through His mouthpiece, through the preacher, responds with the pardon of sin, and then we respond with singing or you know some kind of praise because God has been so good to to forgive us for our sins, and so it's this constant back and forth conversation between us and the Lord. And that all happens within the context of the word of God. And Mm. so if the word is the portal through which this conversation is happening, we're hopefully singing God's word to him and praying God's word to him. He's speaking to us through his word. So if the word is the portal through which this conversation happens, then anything that we put up on that stage or put up on even the walls or whatever that's purposely trying to communicate something or purposely trying to sort of grab your attention, all it's doing is distracting you. We're trying, we're here to have a conversation with the Lord through the means of the word. So get this guy shredding on guitar off the stage. Like he, you know, he doesn't, it's just, it doesn't help the conversation. (laughs) It doesn't help the worship. If we actually understand what worship is. Right. That's if you can even understand the lyrics, you know? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's, uh, my dad and I were having this conversation and talking about worship and how scripture says to not only worship, you know, traditionally, but what, what it talks about is it talks about warning one another, admonishing one another mm-hmm. through song. I mean, there, there's obviously supposed to be some sort of intention with what we're singing, some sort of, um, teaching, some sort of purpose <laughs> other than, you know, just saying the same things over and over again. Um, there's doctrine there should be doctrine in every line that we're singing uh as we worship and yeah it's it's crazy i've also noticed i've had a few conversations with friends who go to more charismatic churches very very hillsongy style churches and um we've we've had the my friend almost lost his mind when i when i told him that i was kind of investigating this regulative principle of worship and he was like what is that and i explained it to him and he was like that's that seems stupid that seems ridiculous and it shocks me how heated and how like upset people get when you talk about something like this what like why would this make somebody mad <laughs> you know what i mean um that's something that uh, that i didn't expect when, when i was kind of investigating the regulative principle yeah i mean it's i think it's really similar to calvinism and like there's yeah. <laughs> you're putting your foot down on something that 
I mean, that's that's what everybody's doing when they debate theology, though, in in, in any context. Is you're you're saying <laughs> that I'm right and you're wrong, but I think when you, especially when you start meddling in, like, the way that people are, like the the peak of their practice of religion, which that's what worship is. That's that's where our religion comes out. That's where our theology is expressed most clearly, is when we're worshiping God, um, which is why reformed theology does not match up with any other kind of worship like this <laughs> yeah. when if if you're doing all this crazy stuff in worship and you're and then you get up there and you preach like a calvinistic sermon that it's just a complete mismatch because you're you know that your theology isn't being expressed in the actual in the actual worship but hmm. so when but when you start basically telling someone you've been worshiping god wrong all along <laughs> that's i mean that really is a pretty big deal because you know it's like it's like the most important thing you do in life and you're being told that you're doing it wrong so people are pretty pretty uh defensive right off the bat so i'm expecting when this movie gets out there if if, uh, if it reaches the right people the people that need to see it uh i'm gonna make a lot of enemies but uh <laughs> i hope that happens um, that just means you're doing something right. That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> That's some good stuff, man. Well, thank you so much for the time. Thanks for uh, sharing some of this with us. It's been a pleasure. And the film is Spirit and Truth. So, guys, we'll we'll link it in the show notes. Yeah. Les, where can people go to see you, see your work, see your films? Where can people find you? Uh, so, spiritandtruth.com is where the uh, movie is is uh gonna be linked in all of its forms and then uh i guess you could always join the pub uh if you want to uh and uh i think maybe i'll be more active on uh com. i don't really i don't i don't i'm not really doing anything right now so uh and you can also check out calvinist uh calvinistmovie.com as well awesome that's good stuff for me I'm pretty thrilled. It's, uh, now I got to figure out how to land the plane. I like sort of landed it. <laughs> Bring it this down. Old, do you guys ever have this trouble when you were recording? You're like, you're like, oh, we kind of we, we like false false ended the episode. Like, uh, well, we 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 had our. Did you guys have like an outro? Do you do you say something at the end? We kind of do it each time. You make Which it I'm up. Realizing. We just kind of make it up. <laughs> oh no, no, you should you should definitely have like a line you jump to. Um, it, cause then you can just like steamroll right into it. It's the, and it, 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 you sound cool when you say it too. Like there's just five things you need to say. So you can contact us on Twitter. You can, you know, email us here. You can call this number and till next week. Cheers at amen. That's what we always did. Something along those lines. Yeah. Just, until just, write, we get that. just write a bunch of things that you need to, you need to all say each time. Just jump into them. We're going to leave all this in. It's <laughs> fine with me. I want people to hear it all. Yeah. Podcasting 101. <laughs> All right. right. You heard it here, folks. And there was episode 9B, part two of our conversation about worship with Les Lanfear. A big thank you again to Les for coming on the show with us. So, Les, it was a pleasure. Guys, if you haven't checked it out yet, go check out Spirit and Truth. The link is in the show notes. Now, next week, we'll be back on our normal schedule. We're going to be doing episode 21, and we're going to be discussing the first major aspect of systematic theology, that is 
theology proper. We're going to scratch the surface and try to give you guys a preliminary introduction to that topic. We will be tasting Elijah Craig Barrel Proof Bourbon. This was voted on by our Patreons this week, so thank you to everyone on Patreon for participating in that poll. And speaking of polls, our Facebook group, which has been super, super awesome, has spoken. And the whiskey we're going to be tasting next Friday for our live episode will be Knob Creek Small Batch Bourbon. We're super, super thrilled about that. So the episode is going to be recorded live in the Distilling Theology Facebook group on Friday, May 1st. And during next week's episode, we'll give a few more details about that giveaway, but it's going to be Friday, May 1st in the evening in the Distilling Theology Facebook group. And we'll be doing our first ever giveaway. We'll talk more about that next week. But one of the things we'll be giving away is a copy of Dr. R.C. Sproul's book, Everyone's a Theologian, which is just a great primer to the topic of systematic theology, which we've been starting to get into in the podcast. So you're not going to want to miss it. Be sure to subscribe to us. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Check out our Patreon to get early release episodes, video exclusives, bonus content. Also, as a side note, we did take Les's advice and we finally found ourselves a tagline. So whatever you do, whether you eat or drink, do all to the glory of God. Soli Deo Gloria. 